my childhood i was quite interested in computers and the nit kurukshetra was uh, one of the leading institutions and i did a complete boycott of examinations for the first term which was like <laughs> a very very unique experience you know giving like so i think i remember 14 15 or 17 18 exams together back to back you know so for example artificial intelligence is not new i mean it's uh, since 1950s uh, so it's not really recession happening i mean yes in some part of the world yes but india is not really in, in any recession india is actually a very good place to be specialist in your domain or don't worry about your engineering do what you like to do and uh, you will be successful so if you are stuck in any legal situation and you want to understand uh, any question regarding that you ask that legal question and welcome to netcast the official podcast of nit kkr alumni association we are here to bring you interesting stories and valuable insights from our accomplished alumni join us as we dive into the journeys of our alumni their contributions in various fields and let us learn from the experiences of industry leaders today we are really excited to have mr nirupam shivastav with us He is currently working as the Vice President of Customer Experience and Strategy, Legal and AI at Hero Enterprise. He is a highly accomplished corporate leader with 24 years of experience in managing and leading businesses. He has expertise in areas like business development, artificial intelligence, customer experience, strategy and more. Mr. Nirupam has worked with different companies, companies like Hero Enterprise, IBM, LexisNexis and Schneider. and he has successfully completed some big transformation projects he's won a bunch of awards like the ai 100 award for most influential ai leader at machinecon 2023 and the digital transformation leader of the year award at digital transformation conflicts and awards 2023 i'm here today as he is going to share his experiences and insights with us get ready for an interesting conversation as we uncover mr nirupam shivastav's incredible journey please join us in welcoming mr nirupam shivastav Thank you Vishal and thank you Kavya. Thank you so much for being here sir. It is great to have. So without any further ado, let's get started. Before diving uh, deep into the podcast, I want to ask sir could you share something about your background and how you got into NIT Kurukshet? Uh so I am from Chandigarh originally uh, and uh, since my childhood I was quite interested in computers. Uh, I used to go to my father's office, who was working with Haryana government at that time, and uh, just to get you know my hands on computer somehow. Uh, obviously, computers in those days was a very prized item. You know, it's not really readily accessible. But uh, thanks to my dad's influence, I was able to get my hands on and play some bit on that. And of course, later uh, that led my interest into doing engineering. Uh, and uh, again. Uh, right now we have a centralized entrance test system at our time it was very different it was each for each state and college uh, so we used to give like 18 19 or sometimes you know lesser 12 13 examinations just to make sure you know we get and again engineering colleges were very few and far at that time and nit kurukshetra was uh, one of the leading institutions and i think still one of the leading institutions uh, in the region uh we had at that time partnership with uh, uh some european government i'm not remembering the name right now uh where they had provided significant amount of grants and uh, i had a good chance to visit the computers and electronics uh, department at that time uh, which was a combined department i don't they're still combined uh and uh, 
the lab was absolutely fabulous and it kind of blown my mind you know and i was so happy because uh, i always had this confusion whether i should go for electronics and communications or computers and a combined department at nit kurukshetra was like a blessing and i said now i can learn both and i would not have restrictions and it actually happened that way so uh, the infrastructure the, the faculty uh, the combined department of electronics communications and computer science uh, though they were separate but again they were housed together and uh, and uh, facilities uh, kind of was the game changer even though my parents were quite upset that i am moving out from chandigarh to kurukshetra because I mean, Jindy. I had got admission in PEC also, Punjab Engineering College, uh, and so it was a bit of a convincing required there. Uh, so I did that, and uh, luckily for me, they granted me my wish. So the department is still combined. They have a lane or bridge that connects them. So, sir, what are some fond memories you have from your college days? Uh, any particular event that stands out? uh i have yeah in fact uh, uh, my college was uh, experience was truly transformative i uh, how should i explain i was really a studious kind of a guy uh in in my schooling days uh, completely focused on studies not really doing much in physical activity uh, sports and all and and even extracurricular was very very limited uh, so when i joined uh, college first year was uh, uh, we had lot of transformative things happening in the sense that we moved out from kurukshetra university to guru jambeshwar university and then we moved it back so we did a strike that was my first strike experience in fact so so we did a complete boycott of examinations for the first term uh, so and then in second term we gave both first and second term exams together which was like <laughs> a very very unique experience you know giving like i think i remember 14 15 or 17 18 exams together back to back you know it it was really really crazy uh, and then um, uh but again i was uh, i'm very happy with the results got uh, again scholarship there for the first year second year merit scholarship on the marks uh but what i also realized from interaction with my fellow classmates and students is that i need to develop my extracurricular side so during my second year i plunged myself into all the clubs you know clubs uh, we had societies microbus was uh, the micro um, engineer electronics and communications society and uh, we had again photography club different dan- dance and arts club and all those things were there and uh, i really plunged myself into different things exploring different sides of my personality and uh, it was quite uh, interesting experience uh, some were successful some were not so successful uh, initiatives but again uh, gave me a lot of learning and uh, and last but not the least i think the, the placements was a very again interesting and learning experience for me uh, uh we we had at that time very good uh, again uh, reputation with the companies that were coming in and uh, the support that we got from each other you know student community as a whole uh, as well as you know the placements at that time uh, was quite unique and uh, uh, i was also you know a bit focused as i did my electronics and communications i wanted a, a job in that domain and uh, uh, luckily for me uh, at that time siemens communications came to the campus and uh, hired me i was also had an offer from tcs uh, uh, at that time but i chose siemens which is now nokia networks so i joined siemens communications from the campus and uh, i get a lot of my support from my friends uh, in my bashmates was there so the next question is a kind of a follow up from your previous question any specific courses or activities during 
your college day, days that contributed to your current career path so, so uh, i had uh, i did lot of work uh, in the uh, the research side i think there were paper presentation competitions which which required a deep understanding of you know looking at different topics and doing uh, heavy duty research uh, which i think uh, paved the way for uh, again doing further research during my career and uh, and again we need you know like we had a t-shirt at our during my engineering times i don't know if you guys still follow that same motto uh, but we used to have it you know a slogan written on it uh, which, which used to say like uh, of course one side was right but other side was like we engineers make the world okay so so we had this punchline on this and you know we essentially were builders uh, we will create stuff uh, whether it's electronics whether it's computers whether it's civil whether it's mechanical electrical so we had five branches at our time uh, but uh, what it was it, like we had this passion to build things build new things and and uh, and again the government had given significant funding for nit rc at that time so we had this good uh, very good focus on how do we build things and i think that's what is leading india to the current development stage where if you see so much of indian talent leading uh, different global corporations different uh, institutions um, in the government also in the public sector in the ngo space i think that is all because you know the the skills that we got during our college times of building things so that's where i think you know that was really interesting of course there were debating clubs there were uh, I, I was not really good at the dance dramatics part so i i was yeah okay okay um, but but other stuff i i really uh, enjoyed and I, again uh, uh, some of the faculty members were quite inspirational so that that also leaves a, a lot of uh, you know stamp on you uh, some were very strict also but some were quite inspirational as well so the motto was uh, very inspirational we needed them will do it Right uh, now, so I just have some ATD questions which to your feed about. Uh, first of all, uh, within what areas like artificial intelligence, blockchain, how do you see technologies shape the future of industries and businesses? So, uh, if we look at the technologies you mentioned, artificial intelligence, blockchain, uh, crypto, and even quantum. Uh, so these are again, you know, uh, path-breaking technologies, and uh, uh, we all know, you know, all the technologies go through a hype cycle. And uh, so, for example, artificial intelligence is not new. I mean, it's uh, since 1950s, uh, it has been there, and a lot of work has been happening in this space. Uh, and now we see a big boom in these spaces because of a couple of things. Uh, first is obviously the internet. Uh, the the communication revolution that we have so we have we can connect like right now we are speaking on on a virtual network um, uh, uh, on a video call and we can speak we can hear uh, i mean this is something very very transformative and second point again um, if i go back to my engineering days this was not possible at all i mean this this is something unheard of uh, second thing which uh, we all are doing right now is the transformative development in the maths which i can call as algorithms so a lot of work has been happening neural networks i in fact remember i studied actually neural networks during my engineering days um, and uh, i still remember so that actually when i speak to the society and neural networks i studied my engineering you know so that's something i'm mean, right now is so hot you know after especially generative ai uh, everybody wants to talk about it and and we have been doing it uh, you know since 2025 years now and uh, uh, and the third part is uh, the data uh, so we all, including machines, are creating huge amount of data. So these three elements, along with uh, the compute power, uh, 
has been truly transformative. So, uh, compute power is still a process because we are continuously trying to see better compute resources, uh, whether through the traditional semiconductor or through quantum computing. So, these are going, uh, what is happening is these are creating so much efficiency, so much transformation in the businesses today, in our lives. So for example, if we do not have a AI-built spam filter in our emails, we will be spending much more time looking at spam emails than what we do right now or similar activities. Uh, right now, thanks to Generative AI, we can see a lot of our communication, including automated generative communication, which will appear so much customized to you that you will not realize that it is not sent by a person. So this kind of things are happening and I'm, I'm just t telling you very simple examples. There are far more complex examples which have been developed and I have seen them uh, by companies like Google and Microsoft. Uh, we are uh, in a corporate setup, in a, in a business setup uh, or any working setup, you know, these can actually uh, do the work of teams for which activity you need sales operations teams or service operations team, these can do that job of teams, you know, coordinating multiple things by just one computer in a few seconds. So the kind of uh, transformative transformation that it will bring to the workplace is going to be humongous. And uh, again, we all need to be mindful of what impact it will have on society. As the vice president at Hero Corporate, how do you approach implementing strategies in such diverse sectors such as education, healthcare, metals, real estate, and financial services? Thank you, Kavya. Again, very good question. Um, so, uh, the group I work in is in very diversified areas, uh, even though most people think of motorcycles and cycles. But uh, we are into education, we have school, college, university, we have healthcare, hospital, medical college, we are into uh, arts foundation we are into we are like a private equity fund ourselves investing in startups we are uh, in the uh, insurance broking business a real estate business uh, metals business so these are again different businesses uh, different business models different customer segments so the focus uh, to build strategy is to understand uh, what is our vision and mission for this uh, business what is who is our customer and what is the problem we are trying to solve for that customer so if you have a clarity on these three or four elements of uh, business, the rest you know, fall, follows automatically. Of course, external environment will change, things may change, business models will have to be reworked. But these are essentially the elements if you understand you know, what's the vision, what do you want to achieve there? Uh, what is your reason for existence, which is your mission? The th third is, who is your customer? Whom, do you, whom are you serving? You know, whose, problem, and whose problem are you solving? And fourth is, what problem are you solving? You know, so if you have these four questions solved, rest follows. You know, then you need teams, you need structures, you need uh, multiple channels to reach out to that customer. Again, these are the follow-on questions, but these are the four critical questions. Okay, sir. Uh, getting back to AI, with your involvement in the realm of AI, what do you see as the biggest challenges and opportunities when it comes to integrating AI? into business functions so there are again uh, different uh, opportunities and different challenges uh, to integrate ai into different business functions uh, so let me first start with uh, the challenge and then we'll follow to the opportunities piece so i think the the first challenge like in any transformation is uh, to understand uh, how uh, this particular change will impact different uh, people in the organization 
So if people think that this change is going to benefit them, they will obviously welcome it. But if they think it's not going to benefit them, then they will resist it no matter how good or bad it is for the organization. So one has to always keep in mind, you know, how the people will be impacted. Ultimately, uh, in this world, in this present, we are the pe- we are the only people, right? So, so yes, money and businesses are important, but uh, people remain critical to the business as well. So that's where the first element comes into play. So if you see the biggest challenge that comes is uh, when the people are not aligned. So you have to first build the incentive structure to to get people alignment done. The second point is, uh, you know, then it's how do you, if you have a legacy system, you know, how do you transform from that particular legacy system and process to a new system and a new process. So that's also a more of a customer and employee behavioral training. So you need a training element there. So first was the challenge. I said uh, you go with the incentive alignment. Second is uh, practices and habits. So that requires training because you need to then change those practices, processes, and so you know habits uh, for people. For example, we all are earlier, you know, uh, tuned to, for example, sending emails or writing letters. But now we can do a video call. So that's a very different experience. So you need to then, you know, train people how to do a video call if they don't know it. So that that's kind of stuff is required. Uh, so like we do KYC today on a video call itself in a bank. If you have to open an account, you don't really even need to go to a branch. You send up in the form, you submit it, then you do a video KYC. I mean, I'm just giving an example. We also are into financial services, so very similar example. So you have to do this part. And third part is, again, you know, you have to think that how this makes life of the people better. So ease of doing business or ease of living, if I were to use that word. So is it just an additional work that you are giving them over the 10 other work that they have? Or is it making their life better? So again, that requires more of a role uh, alignment and role uh, redesign. So if you build these three elements into it, the challenges will get taken care of. Um, which also may also involve reskilling because uh, a person may be skilled in something else. Now you're asking him to do something else, so you need to reskill. Uh, in terms of opportunities, there are humongous opportunities, especially if you look at uh, from a customer and a competition standpoint. So if you are more efficient uh, to your customer, you are serving his needs better. Obviously, it will lead to customer delight, your repeat business. Uh, you, you will have much higher sticking. Uh, customer with your retention is much better you will have much higher profitability so everything then flows back uh, to you know customer loyalty and how you serve the customer so artificial intelligence is uh, again not just automation so again a lot of people use automation analytics and artificial intelligence seamlessly but again if we were to take it seamlessly or separately again these are transforming how the customer experience is happening today and CX customer experience is again the key buzzword today uh, how we can transforms you know what we are delivering whether it's a product or service uh, people go to that to that shop to that company which is giving them excellent customer experience so that's the first element of it and the second element is from a competitive landscape if you are more efficient and if you have uh, better customer loyalty obviously you you are you will perform better than your competition better than incumbent who may be resistant to change so if we look at many companies in the past who have evaporated because they have been resistant to change so one thing we have to keep mind in mind is that we have to be always innovative and ai is a biggest innovation tool actually so today you can ask ai 
uh, what you should be doing and it will give you options. So, I mean, I, we never had just so simple and that you can ask a generative AI, you know, what are the things we should look at and it will give you a list and you can then work on it. So, so there's a lot of opportunities available and uh, it's all depends on how much you apply. So, so this in this rapidly changing world, the main motto is the change is the only constant. Sure. Sure. So, okay, sir. So, the currently recession is going on, and some are saying that it is due to AI. So, do you think there is a need for concern among students from the batches of 2024 and 2025 regarding potential job loss due to rapid growth of AI? Uh, yes. Uh, so I will rephrase the question though. Uh, so it's not really recession happening. I mean, yes, in some part of the world, yes. But India is not really in, in any recession. India is actually a very good growth story. So, uh, so uh, and India will continue to remain the growth story for next 2025 years. So from that perspective, uh, students need not worry from a, a, a macro perspective. Uh, the second part is uh, potential job loss due to growth in automation, artificial intelligence. Yes, and uh, that is a reality. Uh, so what what's going to happen is that we uh, more and more businesses will be able to do the same work with less people. I mean, let's let's face it. So that's going to happen. So if I remember my father in my father's time, I started with this example. So he used to have the finance function and he used to have such a huge team beneath him. You know, I mean the organization which will do accounting, structure, you know, cash management, funds management, budgeting, all those things. But all these things are inbuilt into ERP softwares, which do it at the click of a button, which you don't really need. And even with the digital banking and all, you don't even need to go to bank. So, which for which, you know, earlier there was humongous amount of requirement of people. So, so essentially what this has technology has made is you don't really need. In my one of my previous organizations, we had just two people in finance and a, and a small outsource team in Philippines, maybe five, six people. That's it. So and they, they were doing the finance accounting work for the entire company so if you if i compared that to my father's team it would look like you know a, a crazily shrunk organization so uh so that is that is going to happen and uh, that's going to happen i gave an example of finance but that's going to happen in manufacturing that's going to happen in logistics that's going to happen in marketing that's going to happen in it so this is a cross vertical so you can't say okay yeah like we used to think you know sometimes civil engineering was very hard and then suddenly Electronics became very electrical became hard, then electronics became hard, then computer science became hard. So yeah, I yeah, changed the branch, and we are we are okay. We are safe. No, no, that's not going to really happen. Yeah, some branches like uh, may have some some impacts later of earlier, but other than that, uh, a lot of, in terms of business functions, all are going to get impacted. And uh, the only solution to this is uh, there are two solutions which I can think of. One is uh, which I think the government also realizes, and everybody else realizes is is entrepreneurship. And entrepreneurship, in a sense, means you generating your job instead of you looking for a job, or you generating jobs for even other people uh, 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 in in the market who are available because they are available. So that's that's the that's the good and bad part of being in India. So you have huge population and you have huge amount of resources which are available. You go to any other country, you will struggle to find resources. So and that's where you see a lot of uh, immigration happening. You know because there there are no people, and here we have excess people. So people is our biggest export in some sense. Uh, talented people, unfortunately, though. Uh, so uh, so uh, so we have uh, so we have to look at you know again uh, starting our own journeys, uh, looking at startups. Uh, we have to look at newer businesses and newer markets which are quite dynamic. For example, drones. I mean, I was meeting the uh, 
one of the founders of a drone company yesterday. Uh, there were no drones, so you have to look at the newer product segments, uh, which which will again create a new industry segment and new service segment and focus on those areas. And again, these will continue to happen. Uh, technology itself will be a significant contributor to job creation, but it will also have a, if I were to say sinusoidal way where it will create jobs and that will shrink jobs, that will create jobs and shrink jobs. So, 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 uh, and it's very difficult to predict these cycles, by the way. I have, I have tried it and I have not really succeeded many times. So, so if you think, you know, they are, this is the time when market is growing, everything is growing. And so this is the best time you may be surprised suddenly what happens. So, uh, but again, so focus on adaptability. Some people call it today unfragile. Uh, so, you know, be ready to transform your orientation, your skills, your uh, capabilities based on what the market requirement is and you will be successful. If you do not do it, you may have trouble. Yeah, some people would be, uh, it's possible that some people focus on one domain and continue to remain there and be very successful in it. That's, uh, I'm not saying you always have to be looking out for new domains, no. Uh, but again, keep in mind that such pool will keep shrinking because uh, every business will be able to do more with less people and so uh, so you have to be always in a either another race to be specialist in your domain or move to a more versatile domain oh, we should have AI as well as humans that's a competition yeah I, I I will not call it AI as a competition I will say uh, human using AI as a competition so whoever is using that AI uh, is is a better competitor I mean in that sense Sir you have a very diverse educational background and there are students whose interests change with time and they are skeptical about changing their fields so can you share your own experience and advices for such students Sure okay so there are uh, two three different types of students who have this kind of requirement so first is uh, like we have in India you know parents push me into engineering and so I am here so I, for me, it was not the case though, but I'm just giving a general example here. So, and now my actual true interest is in biology, painting, being a radio jockey, being something else, you know. So, so if that has been the case with you, uh, uh, do not worry about your engineering, do what you like to do and uh, you will be successful. Okay. So that's the first. So, because if you, if you have innate, innate passion about that domain, you have innate passion about what you want to do. Uh, and as the luck would happen since you are already in NIT Krukshetra, so you are already doing your engineering, don't drop it off, I would say. Complete this, do this alongside and try to build a business or a profession uh, of your hobby. So if you can do that, uh, uh, that, that would be really wonderful. And if you can leverage technology, which you can study now in your engineering, in your whatever your passion area is, that's even better because then you will be better than anybody else who is in that field. So if you do painting and you can use technology with painting, I'm just giving an example here, uh, you will be better than 90% of the other painters that are there out in the market. So so that's a that's a big boon of being in an institution like NIT and REC. So, so variety, follow that. Uh, second thing is uh, times and things change, you know. So for example, I started my career in, in telecom space and I was I joined Siemens Communications in research. Uh, and uh, I wanted to research, uh, and I was hired there. But I realized that a very few, very little research is happening in India. So I moved into Infosys. I did software development because 
no point in getting stuck in a place where you feel uh, what you want to do is not getting fulfilled. It's better to either find another place where you think it's going to be fulfilled or you find another area which you think is again fulfilling for you and you can work with that area. So I joined Infosys. I worked for the Fortune Senior Client. Uh, very good experience. Uh, it was again a startup culture at that time and I'm talking of 99-2000 and uh, very enjoyable. Uh, but then you also have to realize that what problem are you trying to solve? So again, define your own personal mission. So if your personal mission is, for example, for me is to solve business problems using technology, then I need to understand business problems. I cannot just say, yeah, I understand technology and somebody else will solve the business problem for you. So that drive drove me to my MBA. You know, So if I, I want to do a particular business problem, I need to understand finance, marketing, operations, supply chain, all these things I required. So you look at that. And when you're solving this problem, you will realize that, okay, there are some other things which uh, probably you are not getting good resources of. For example, I was doing a lot of mergers and acquisitions while I was in, in my career. And uh, I realized that I also need to learn because, see, learning never stops. I, I, uh, I was doing transactions. I realized there are different legal structures in different countries. Uh, I need to understand. I learned them. So I did my CS. I did my LLB. And so so there are different things. So you, you keep doing that and you... And many places, companies do it on the job, uh, learning. But nowadays, a lot of companies say, your career is your responsibility. So if you want to learn something, please do on your own. So it depends you know, on what kind of organization, culture, and time frame you get into this. So if your company says, your career is your responsibility, please figure it out yourself. Otherwise, we have a pink slip or you know, coming in. So yeah, you, you, you continuously upgrade your skills uh, and there are a lot of, again, uh, even the big companies have this kind of culture nowadays, you know, we see, see the layoffs in the IT sector that's happening. That's primarily this culture, nothing else. So so you have to figure out, you know, what what is your passion currently, what's the time is like for good and follow your passion accordingly. So things change, time change. So if you have environment changing, you change yourself, otherwise you have that who moved my cheese question. So I think it's just us and our passion for something that we know when to learn. Yes, willingness to learn. A lot of people say, no, yeah, I cannot study. I mean, I, I meet people, you know, I cannot do this. I can. I mean, willingness to learn is also quite important because if you are uh, willingness to learn, uh, you can learn it. If you don't have it. Right. So uh, what advice would you offer to businesses if you need to venture to new markets? Especially considering your experience in launching products about different jobs. So, uh, yeah, so I had, you know, good fortune of working with uh, a lot of multinationals uh, who took me around the world. Uh, and I also was responsible for uh, new business development uh, globally for one of the organizations I worked with. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a very interesting journey. First, you know, is... Uh, To break this problem, you know, first is why do you want to expand? So, yeah, you will say, yeah, what's a question like this? You know, all companies want to expand, you know, why not? So, yeah, so that's one of the questions is coming is, you know, so if you have a profitable business venture, that means you are doing something right. If you are doing something right, definitely you can serve some customers better than what their existing options are. So why not expand, you know, why not expand into those markets? And I think... Uh, uh, as Indians, we, we have this innate ability. We are by default entrepreneurial. I think we were probably not in the last for 300, 400 years. But other than that, if we look from Harappan seals to we have been the ones going out uh, with our boats and um, and doing trades with uh, with Mesopotamia, Egypt, Iraq, 
everywhere, you know. So, so we have been the one uh, most adventurous and uh, uh, leading forward uh, communities or civilization. So why not? So, uh, so first you have to see what uh, value you bring to the table. So that has to be critical. If you are not bringing value, just you are like me too, somebody else solving that and you also solving that, then you are not really adding any value. So what's the value you are bringing to the table? Uh, second thing is uh, what I focus is on similarities uh, while being mindful of uh, the differences. So if you look at human nature, human nature across the world is more or less same. We have nearly similar drives or drivers to our behavior. And and that's where, you know, it, it will be so shocking. You know, you might think, oh, they are different. No, they are not actually. So they are really similar people, have similar motivations, uh, similar incentives, similar pain. So, so you, if you understand their pain and you provide them a solution, they are more than willing to take your help. You know, so uh, it doesn't matter. You know, if, for example, if if uh, a person is in a pain, it doesn't matter who is solving the problem. You know, the, the they want the problem to be solved. And the third factor is you have to understand is when you are looking at these different markets. You know, how do you enter that market? Is each customer segment will be different. So, like we do similar thing in our. India for us is a good example because India is such a diverse country and we have so many diverse markets. We say after every 15 meters, your language change, your water change, your air change. You know? So so we, we are tuned to somewhat diversity in our nature. Uh, so for us, you know, going out is very common. Again, same thing happens abroad. When you go abroad, for example, I was working in Europe. So the language, like European Union has so many languages. So you, you everything changes, you know. So you have to understand, you know, and those local dynamics. Uh, work with the people and it's again working with the people so ultimately if you are efficient better and same thing I'm, I'm just talking of European but again same thing happens in China also you know so Chinese are very good so uh, people in this respect and they dominate world trade for some reason so we have to be very open to learn from anybody and uh, be competitive so if we have competitive spirit in ourselves uh, we will succeed if we say no 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 if somebody else does it doesn't matter we will be in our homes then there will be big challenges. So if you have to be competitive, you have to be creating value for the customer and focus on similarities while being mindful of differences. The actually should inculcate variety as well as competition by fixing the wealth increases of Yes, ultimately, you know, the corporate model is built on shareholder value creation or some people now call it stakeholder value creation. Uh, so ultimately, you know, what's the value we are creating for each one of us? So employees get jobs and and wages and salaries. Uh, labor get their wages. Uh, shareholder gets their profits and dividends. Uh, customer get the services uh, for a price which they think makes sense for them. Uh, so they have a customer surplus uh, there. So everybody needs to be feeling as a winner uh, in the whole chain. Then only this whole cycle will work. If one party takes an uh, enormous amount of uh, share of the value and does not leave for others, the value chain will break down. So make sure everybody else is also equally happy and you are also happy. So don't forget your happiness, but yeah, try to make everybody happy. Okay, sir. Uh, as a startup founder, what were the key challenges uh, you faced while establishing Intel Mall? And how did you overcome these challenges? And what advice would you like to give to individuals who dream of uh, building a startup? Sure. So let me give a first quick introduction to the startup that I had and what we were trying to do. 
so uh, I created a company called Intelmon, which was uh, which stands for Intelligent Monitor, uh, and also can stand for Intelligent Money, but I like call it in monitor is a better word. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, so, uh, what we used to do is we, we were creating something like uh, what we have now called Chat GPT. We were trying to create that in 2016, uh, which was a bit ahead of time uh, at that time because even the Transformer paper came in 2016-17. So, uh, uh, so we were building that uh, a legal tech model where we, the application simple is that you ask like as you asked Chat GPT, uh, and I don't know how many of the audience would have. I believe how you how's you guys have experimented with Chat GPT? Okay, so I take that as a sample set and say yeah, so most people on the call would have experimented with Chat GPT. So so uh, so like you ask a question with Chat GPT, it gives you an answer. So that's what the model you are trying to build for the legal space, legal services. So if you are stuck in any legal situation and you want to understand uh, any question regarding that, you ask that legal question and you you get an answer. So that's what. Uh, my startup was, and uh, uh, since it was a bootstrap startup uh, to raise uh, funds and to get uh, keep our lights on, uh, we also did consulting work, which was uh, carry forward from my previous uh, work in IBM, and uh, so we were doing the business strategy consulting, M&A advisory. So this was uh, in, uh, as a side business to the product development. Uh, so what are the challenges I found was uh, again. Uh, uh, so, I would rate them in this order. Like, first is the team, the second is the customers, uh, the third is the fundraise part, and fourth is your product and technology. So, uh, building a team is, I think, the most difficult part that any startup uh, founder will have in journey. And those who get their uh, teams uh, together uh, uh, are extremely lucky ones, I would say that, because ultimately it's a teamwork. Uh, even though uh, founders get the limelight. Uh, I can tell you, startup is a teamwork because no no one person can manage or run uh, the entire startup. Uh, so so team getting a team right is important. Team means you have a technology people, you have a customer oriented people, you have good operations people, you have a decent marketing setup, uh, so as to get your product off the ground. After that, yes, once you have uh, money, you can build a much more professional team, but. Initial team has to be very strong. The second is uh, your customers, you know, which again goes back to your startup canvas, is who, which is the customer and whom you are serving and what is the problem you are solving. So that has to be very, very clear in your mind because many times as a startup and in a rush to monetize, uh, you take up customers which you may not want to take and you go into those dimensions of product and services which later prove to be very distracting. So focus is in, again very important in that sense. The third part is fundraise, uh, and uh, I did not do fundraise, but I my learning from that experience was that probably I should have done that. Uh, a lot of founders have this uh, notion that uh, why should I dilute my equity? Why should I dilute my equity so much? Uh, my uh, principle now is that you know if you are equity is valued more with your dilution. Better do it than not to do it. So do a fundraise. Keep that fundraise in mind. It's a lot of effort. It's not a light thing to think. A lot of people think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody raised funds is okay. No, it's quite a tough task. And the last but not the least, of product and technology. Uh, so product and technology is important, uh, and I put it last because uh, uh, it's uh, as a techies we we kind of take it for granted. But 
you always have to keep in mind, you know, uh, what you are trying to do, 10 other people are also trying to do. So how do you differentiate that? If, if it is of, if it is of good quality, if it is a bad one, then you only are doing it. That's fine. But if it is a good idea, good product, then 10 other people are also doing it. So you also have to keep in mind, you know, how to be fast on it, how to be nimble on it, which segment, which customer, which geography you want to target on it, how to be, you know, uh, go-to-market uh, channel strategy should be very, very clear. So product and technology has to be differentiated. And uh, again, keep in mind, it's a race. So you are in the race. So the faster you are, the better you are. Sir, uh, as you said, your startup was ahead of time. So... How much do you think timing is timing is important? Uh, so this is uh, this is a very good question, Vishal. And uh, I must say timing is uh, very critical because if we look at uh, the history of uh, startups and uh, any field, though we can look at tech technology startups. Uh, so it's a combination of business and technology decision uh, that one has to take in time based on the market conditions. So we all remember, I don't know how much students would remember, but at least for me, there was a dot-com boom and a dot-com crash that had happened uh, during my post-NIT days, immediately 2001, 2002. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, during the dot-com boom time, if you have a dot-com in your name, you get money. If you, <laughs> and if it, you know, you, you, and you can say you have eyeballs on your website, it's, it's very good. Uh, so it's, uh, timing is critical. And when you have a dot crash and same thing i think we had similar in the crypto crash uh, right in the recent time uh, the crypto boom and crypto crash so uh, so you have to be very mindful of uh, the fads uh, the timings you know things so whether it's you have to always be mindful and very very challenging you know that whether this thing is really making any value or any sense or is it just a fad uh, I, I mean and so you have to be and that requires both a technical and business uh evaluation attitude so if you are not good in the business side find somebody who is good in doing that who is good in evaluating that and challenging uh, the business assumptions uh, and if you are good in technology uh, do it for yourself or if you are not even good in that find somebody who is good in technology and challenge challenge the assumptions there because um, uh, it's always good to you know flow in the hype cycle because media creates it but uh, it's very dangerous when the it crashes so so and if you are a startup uh, you know you want to you you always you want to think of long term at least three to five years and these cycles can crash pretty fast so so if you are really committed to it and want can hold it out do it but otherwise we it's, it's always pays off to be in the right time and right moment of course it requires a lot of preparation so even those people who are in the right time and the right moment are the guys who have been preparing for that time for long. So I would not say, okay, you keep waiting for the time and then jump into it. No, that will not work. So if you have to identify the area and yes, work on it and wait for the right moment, right time to really strike it big. Uh, but you have to continuously working in it because if you are out of that uh, market segment, then you will be not really understanding what's happening. And uh, uh, and that will be, you know, you will lose out on the opportunity. So you always have to be working on it and uh, focus on what you can do uh, in your domain and you're building a team, building your customer segments, building, doing fundraise uh, or preserving funds if you don't want to do fundraise and working on the product technology. And then with, for example, drones, you know, so drones is not new. A lot of this technology is not new. 
but where it picks up you have to be there so so be mindful of that this said what advice would you give to current college students inspiring to achieve success in the field you are observing based on your own experiences so uh, i would say um uh there are no quick fixes okay so first thing you know uh so there are the two three things i would say uh, that that uh could be helpful and uh, again feel free to add on your own which you think i mean this is each one can add his own uh, thoughts on this so first i would say live your life you know so uh don't just follow others okay so a lot of time and thanks to the social media revolution that we have now we are so much trying to compare our lives with lives of people who are uh, who are around us and then that's where you know it becomes a bit of a challenge because uh, uh we always remain unsatisfied frustrated and in the comparison jealousy mode so i think that's that's a bit of a, a negative cycle social media unfortunately has thrown us into so live your life uh, follow good leaders i would not say not follow good leaders but again focus on what life you want to live for yourself no so a lot of so much of social media comparing is really really detrimental to health both physical and mental and of course your bank balance so uh, so so don't compare what as your neighbor is doing next thing what car is buying or what um, what office is going or which company is working yeah learn from the experiences but uh, follow your own life that's the first example first uh, message i would leave uh, second is as i said uh, rome was not built in a day so uh, good things take time and patience so do not feel uh, if things are not turning the way you would despite your putting efforts don't feel bad about it you know it takes time things happen uh, so continue working on those ideas or activities that you want to do and uh, god willing things would be better for you and uh, last but not the least you know have fun uh, with friends with families with colleagues uh you know it's it's important you know ultimately uh, our lives are short you know so uh, uh nobody knows how long somebody's life is so uh, it's important that if uh, you create a positive impact for yourself and for others around you so so have fun uh, and enjoy life uh, while while you can okay sir uh, let's dive into a rapid fire round So in this lightning pace segment we'll explore quick yet insightful responses to a variety of intriguing questions shedding light on the experiences insights and the dynamic worlds you have been a part of. So sir the first question is chat uh, gpt or bard? chat gpt. Okay supervised learning or unsupervised learning? unsupervised. chat bots or virtual assistants? man i think this will this will change drastically so forget this <laughs> none of them <laughs> electric bikes or fuel driven bikes uh i'm neutral i mean ev i would go with slight preference for ev okay so uh, ethics in ai or ai for business growth no ethics has to be there so um, uh, i mean i did not touch upon the topic but uh, ai has to be responsible ai Uh, it's a very powerful tool uh, it should not be taken lightly so ethics yes so favorite ai application in your daily life daily life uh, uh, chat gpt followed by uh, 
followed by Llama 2. Okay. Llama 2 is an open source uh, meta model. Yeah. Okay. So meta by Facebook. Yeah. Okay. So name a recent breakthrough in AI research you find fascinating. Uh, I think the recent breakthrough I find fascinating uh, besides chat GPT is uh, I think the alpha fold uh, which is uh, uh, I think Google DeepMind's alpha uh, uh, DeepMind Labs alpha, uh, protein uh, uh, protein uh, shape uh, AI tool uh, it, so it determines what the shape of protein uh, molecules are and uh, so alpha fold is you guys can Google on it, and it's a, it's a, it's something which uh, predicts uh, what the shape of the molecule is, and it, it's something which is crazy. I mean, this kind of work earlier required years, years. Uh, if if at all they are successful in identifying that shape, uh, which now AI can do. And again, they have to, of course, they have required time to to train the models, but now it's it can do in like minutes and hours so this is a uh, truly truly transformative especially from uh, the biomedical and uh, medical science and engineering perspective uh, so alpha fold i would say is truly truly transformative okay sir uh, google is also working on the quantum computer sir, so that is truly exceptional yeah so uh, next question is three things you love to do on a break on a break sleep <laughs> Watch a movie uh, and talk to friends. That is it. Uh, favorite go-to meal. Favorite go-to meal. Oh man, Indian, uh, Indian, not Indian is my favorite. Uh, while I'm happy with anything, I mean vegetarian. That concludes the rapid fire segment. We extend a sincere gratitude for sharing your remarkable journey and insightful wisdom, sir. Your story serves as a genuine inspiration showcasing unwavering dedication that resonates deeply. Your insights have truly enriched our conversation, providing both depth and engagement. We trust that the dialogue holds great value for our listeners, empowering them with essential takeaways. Thank you once more for your gracious presence, and we are truly honoured to have had you as our esteemed guest. The pleasure of hosting the show is entirely ours. Thank you so much, listeners, for tuning up to here. If you find it valuable, do share it with your friends and also with the people you think will be benefited. Stay tuned. We will be shortly back with another podcast. And with that final thought, we'll leave you to ponder the depths of what we have discussed today. <laughs>